This is Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and your questions all about NPB. And now your hosts, Johnny Gibson and Jim Allen. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of February 5th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a what night is it? Saturday night is my it, buddy Jim Allen. What's happening, dude? It is. Saturday night's all right for podcasting. It's uh, <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? How about you, man? Happy Baseball New Year. I'm doing okay, man. It's, it really just has been busy. It has been hectic, and I'm trying to just get from one day to the other. That's all. I'm chain linking these days together, hopefully. <laughs> I just need okay. a master link. <laughs> Hey, okay, I got the bicycle reference there, okay. Um, but yeah, hanging in there, and I'm feeling good. Everyone around me has been getting sick and with colds and all that stuff, and I did have a cough and, and some sniffles for a couple of days, but I've been fine, so I'm, I'm, I'm just glad I'm healthy. Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Uh, I, was, I had a little bit around just before the end of the year, and then my spouse has been off and on she's not been in the she's been sort of like in the this cold thing that's going around japan so yes yes in fact the, the they canceled school on friday for the uh -huh. kids because the too many teachers were out sick so wow there you go but uh shout out to jason uh Koskri, our buddy and his new mm. baby they are mm. uh same as i am i think they're trying to link those days together and get from one to the next so uh you guys good luck and his uh his lions lost to your 49ers out there in the uh the bay yeah that was sad actually uh it really as... was i thought thought the lions were america's team and everybody's rooting for him so uh including including me you remember my i have links to michigan so uh was rooting for the lions but yeah we've got our super bowl matchup that i'll probably sleep through but i'll watch it but <laughs> snoozer <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting because well it was interesting for as i tweeted it reminded me of the mexico japan wbc semifinal because it was a team that i w hoped would win against a team i would have been very happy if they had won mm. so last year and last it was year? almost you know it was almost a photo finish so yeah, well, go Lions. I'm very happy, was very happy uh, for Jason. Um, but yeah, I, I can see his sleep. His, well, Jason's talking about Jason's sleep schedule is kind of like talking about the, the way a, a, Rubik, a Rubik's Cube looks. <laughs> you know, it could be it has many configurations. Yeah. And, but I was I happened to be awake for a, a, an instant at four, three, three or four in the morning. And I looked at my iPhone and here's Jason tweeting about something. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been there. So, yeah, <laughs> I know you have. I can't speak about parenting, so I won't and criticize then, uh, none of y'all. Yeah, but you have a wife, so well, we won't go there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> right. true. It's it's um, it, it is. Yes. It is. It is and a thing. Let's not get ourselves in trouble here on this week's show. We've got a chat with. Yeah, I got a whole year. I got a whole year to get myself in trouble. I don't want to do it all in on February third. Yeah. All right. We've got a chat with SoftBank pitcher Carter Stewart Jr. We look at the Roki Sasaki situation and take a quick look at camp's opening. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. Okay, well, uh, in December, I was up to my neck in Carter Stewart Jr. news. <laughs> Only your neck, he says, laughing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
when I was at the winter meetings and heard about his contract extension. And so I fired him an email and I, I said, oh, can we can we connect on Zoom? And he said he gave me a really weird time, which was like late in the afternoon, which is was like really early morning for him in Florida, mm -hmm. like 2 a.m. or something. I'm going, whoa, dude. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was interesting. But I I I. I quipped a little bit. I think I cut that part out of the interview about how, you know, when he when he gets older, he'll learn that baseball players don't normally answer emails unless it involves them making money somehow. <laughs> okay. Don't... But he's such a he's such a nice guy and he he's just, it was just a real pleasure and I think you're going to enjoy this. Uh here's Carter. Okay, first of all, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, we'll start where it left off with the, the Climax Series game against Roki Sasaki um, and the playoff game. Uh, is there anything, you know, when, if you look, when you, if you think about that game, was there anything you, you think, oh, I, I could have done this better, or I shouldn't have done this, or, or maybe this is yeah. what I want to pick up from that? Um, I mean, just in general, right? I wish I, I wish I had a better start, wish I, you know, kind of went um had the, had a start like I did during or started like I did during the season mm -hmm. but um I think that more than anything like I got a lot of experience from it uh oh. what the difference between playoffs and uh you know regular season how much more intense playoffs is especially in a hostile environment like Chiba um I mean it was a it was loud it was a crazy loud in there um, you know, the fans are always on you no matter what, you know, you throw one ball and they're, you know, screaming. Um, but that's just, that's, that's what I got from it. I wish I had a better start. I wish I, I did more, but I can't, you know, I got what I, I, I got from it mm -hmm. in which the experience is really good. And, you know, as we go into the future, I don't, I, you know, I don't want that to be my last playoff start. I want to go mm -hmm. into next year and we, you know, and be the game one starter again. And if I have that experience going into it, if I know what I'm getting myself into, you know, how much easier is it going to be pitching at home if we, you know, come in first place or how much, you know, where else we pitch? If I pitch in, you know, if I pitch in Rocket at Rocketan or if I throw in Cebu or if I throw against the Oryx, like no matter where I throw, I feel like the environment is going to be the same or even a little bit tougher. So I just having that experience and knowing what I, I got from that, knowing the mental side of it is such an important thing for me to take out of it and not mm -hmm. just look at it like, Oh, I had a bad start. You know, it sucks. Uh, but I can, but I do need to take something out of it. What, what do you think was the, perhaps the biggest area of growth for you this year? Definitely my mental side of the game, being able to control, uh, just my emotion and my, you know, my attitude towards the outings better um, in my preparation. Uh, I feel like, you know, I wasn't, when I was in the big leagues, I didn't feel like my control was perfect, but it did, it did improve. It did. There was a, a significant improvement from last year. Um, it's not where I want it to be, but it's, you know, you got to take your steps forward. Mm -hmm. um, but like the mental and the control and being able to throw pretty much all my pitches for a strike and, you know, in certain areas, you know, from two, one or, Two o three one like areas where you know you got to be able to throw a cutter or a curveball or a splitter for a strike. Mm -hmm. um, I really learned that like how important it is to, for me able to execute those pitches, um, and that and that really helped me go deeper into games and to uh, just overall have better starts and, and longer starts. 
It's interesting that you mentioned your attitude because uh, I remember one of your, it might've been your first start this year where um, I think you, you threw a ball away on a bunt like mm-hmm. the first inning and it's like, yeah. that was, and then things unraveled. I do remember that. I was against the Eagles. That was my second start. And then I gave the, up, I ended up giving an unearned run on that and right. it kind of rattled me the rest of that inning. Right. And then you, the next time that they bunted on you or you got a, a comeback or like a little dribbler or something, you just, you just, or the next time something bad happened, I remember, cause I pretty much watched all your starts. You were like really poised. Yeah, it's just, I think that is an experience thing. I think it's a little bit of both, just like the experiences of it happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to every sure. pitcher, right? At some point. Um, and you can either like take it and it be like, okay, it happened. What do I do to need, get, need to get better? Or like, just be pissed about it, which, you know, there's only one real option. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. But it's not always the, the, the our, you know, our, our, our bodies, our, our psyche tells us, you know, we've got to be angry about it when mm-hmm. it's not always productive okay what what are your um what is taking you the most time to learn in japan personally mm-hmm. i don't you know i don't know how other foreigners would take it but just mm-hmm. some being able to adjust to the the different styles of training and the things that we do that uh we may not agree with mm-hmm. um because i know i'm learning my body every year and i'm learning how my my body reacts to certain certain things as a young guy and i see this more i didn't like i kind of can remember when i was doing it but like you know the young uh, dominican and, and mexican sure. guys that are on our team mm-hmm. uh i see this a lot more in them now uh just seeing that some of the stuff that they're putting them through mm-hmm. and like them coming from dominican where you know all they did was play baseball they didn't really train and then you know they go from that to not really playing baseball and only training i'm like I feel like there's got to be a little bit more, you know, of a of an introduction into the game, introduction into the the training and everything. And so it's just kind of learning that and learning how like the processes and, and the way and the routines that the Japanese do it mm-hmm. um, isn't so much like an option. It's more kind of mandatory mm-hmm. um, and just learning to get through it, do it, do it to the best of your ability and then doing what you need to do to get better. Mm. You know, before the Hawks, when they signed you, the Hawks were very confident about their ability to develop young players, having developed uh, Japanese youngsters, of course, who know mm-hmm. the way things go in Japan, and having developed Cuban kids. But the Cuban kids who've come have been playing against 40-year-olds in the Cuban pro league. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a, a little different. It's a different thing. Yeah, when I'm throwing against, you know, 16, 17-year-olds in high school, and sorry, and uh, you're a JUCO, you know, I was throwing against yeah. 19-year-olds. It's, it's a... It was definitely another level, um, and it takes you a, a lot. Some, if you're not, it takes you longer than you think you realize to get adjusted and, and get into that level. I think it took longer than the Hawks uh, thought as well, and they didn't really have a plan for it. Uh, mm-hmm. They just thought, you know, let's just see how it works. You're you're an American; you should be able to catch on. We, exactly. We're supposed to, well, yeah, we know. Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit. Maybe felt like times like, hey, you're an American. Like, you should be ready immediately. You should. You only need a year or two. I'm like, guys, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to throw a baseball. I barely mm-hmm. know how to throw a baseball, let alone know how to train and eat and stay healthy. And right, there's a lot more to the game than you realize once you first get. You know, when you're playing high school baseball, where all you're worried about is you know, going to class and then going and pitching in a game once a week and then going and hanging out with your friends after, like, that's a little different than, than pro baseball, right? What has been 
you know, if you could go, I'm good. This is sort of a, a similar question. If you could go back to t- 2019 and tell your two, your 19 year old self one thing, what would it be? I would tell myself to focus, use my time wisely off the field a little bit better um, in terms of keeping up with like my family, my friends, and, and using it for a little bit more useful things at times. Because sometimes you get in this lull in this, uh, I'd say, just this routine of like, oh, I'm, I'm not playing baseball. Okay, let me just turn my brain off and not really do anything for, you know, for the rest of the day. You know, I wish I spent, you know, an hour or two hours a week just like calling my family and just being like, hey, what's up? Because I spent, you know, maybe not my first year, but like second and third year, I spent 10, 10 and a half months in Japan um, with COVID and everything. And sometimes it got really hard for me to just focus on anything, especially when I was in in fall league or spring in spring camp. And, you know, those 12 hour days, it's just like, dang, I'll go two and a half weeks and I'll just completely feel like I haven't talked to anybody. And that can really affect you. That can affect you as a person. So I wish I told myself to, to learn to do that better. But I have learned to a little longer than I wow. wanted to. And once I did, once I was happier off the field, it kind of increased my mood on the field. It, it kind of helped me. That was kind of the mentality that I was, I was talking about. That's why I mentally feel like I've improved. Um, I wish I, I, you know, I wish I knew that. But, you know, when you're 19 or 20, right, you don't want to, you don't want to talk to your parents. You don't want to, you know, you want to just be on your own. You want to just go do whatever you want to do. But that's not the right answer. You don't want to just cut, you know, cut the most important people out of your life, correct? I'm impressed because this is the, these are lessons that I largely didn't learn until I was in my 40s and 50s. <laughs> and sometimes it just gets thrown at you. You don't have a choice because mm. like, uh, you know, my with my family coming back to Japan the last two years, I was like, dang, like I, I forgot what it was like spending this 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 time, you know, this in the season time, being able to like, I, I have time. I have, you know, I'm not at the field every, you know, all day, every day. I have time in the morning, time at night sometimes. Then it's just, you just forget about it. You forget about some of the important people and things in your life. Um, now, when the next uh, this now this might be the same answer that when the next American prospect comes and turns pro in Japan uh, and asks for your advice, what are you going to tell them? I mean, that might be the the advice, but I think that is important. But I've actually talked to some of the young Dominican mm-hmm. guys about okay. this. I think one, number one is make sure you're healthy. Make sure you stay healthy uh, because it can be hard transferring, especially overseas. Don't ever try to push yourself to a place where you, you feel like you'll get hurt because once I, I remember when I, when I did that, you, it, mm-hmm. I got hurt. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, you might get hurt. Like 90% of the time you're going to come out of it with something wrong. And number two is try to enjoy what you're doing. Try to enjoy the time you have there because it's easy to get frustrated or annoyed with the way that things are going, especially if you're not pitching well, or if you know, you're do you feel like you're doing too much, you're tired every day, but enjoy what you are doing because you, you chose this. This is what I chose. Mm. Uh, I chose to come over here and I have learned to enjoy it even during when the time, when it's not going well, or even when I'm having bad days or having rough outings. And when you do, it will be, those will be fewer and far between and you will, you know, ultimately just be happier. Uh, Dude, I just sound I sound like a hippie right now. I'm like peace, love, and no, 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 no. no. You sound, <laughs> I know. You sound mature is what you sound like. Um, just, it's it's funny. I just I don't, I'm 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 spewing peace and love, but it's also it's real, and it, maybe it's a little more because I'm around family and friends right mm. now. Maybe I'm just a little bit, you know, more sentimental. But I I mm. agree. That's I, I it's kind of how I feel during the season too. It's really important. I mean, I've lived uh, most of my life away from my family. So I, I mm-hmm. certainly get that when my mom was sick, that was a huge thing. Um, wanting to shut it off, but wishing I didn't shut it off. So um, now how would you, how would you uh, describe Japanese baseball to people who have not experienced it? 
I would say it's a lot more competitive than people think it is because mm-hmm. it's not like everyone know everyone I think on the planet Earth agrees that MLB is one and, and MPB is two. But mm-hmm. to what extent MPB is two, I think that it's a lot closer than people think. Uh, I think that personally that there is definitely a gap, uh, but I'd say it's a very competitive. It's will be the right terms to use but it's clearly very fun to watch i mean we have mm. extreme uh, the attendance at npb games is incredible and i'd say it's a just a good time it's a good time for fans and it's a competitive for players seeing you know like the last game i pitched or the for actually the first game i started it was a sunday game in the middle of july mm. like there was like there was like fifty two thousand people there at, at hunchen stadium it was like insane it was i mean i walked out there and there was a wall of people i mean i gave up a double and i swear i could feel like my brain shaking like it was crazy but like that type of stuff like you don't get if, if this if baseball isn't competitive if this baseball isn't real like you aren't going to get that type of energy you aren't going to get that many fans coming to games so think that like with Koshin, like with 50,000 people come to a come to high school games like baseball isn't the most you know popular sport over here and if it's not competitive there would not be the fan base that it has mm. yeah i mean baseball i uh, tell people there's very few players who can who can succeed at any level if they're not really trying i mean you, you mm-hmm. might take Barry bonds in single a and he could cruise but very few <laughs> yeah you you quickly find out if you're not trying how how much harder it is than you think and japan's you know um, example one how has been being seen as a trailblazer affected you um i don't feel like i've necessarily tried to play the part of the trailblazer mm-hmm. i right. think that more like i would think that if someone else wanted to do this i would heavily i would highly advise them to if they mm-hmm. if it's the situation is correct and i right. would you know, push for them to do it. But like, you have to be willing and wanting. You have mm-hmm. to, this has to be something that like, if it is the best option, you have, even if it's the best option, you know, mm-hmm. you still not, might not want to do it. It's still mm-hmm. a tough decision to make. So I don't really like, uh, the Trailblazer idea is really cool. I like it that I'm the first one that done it. I've done it, but I, and I would love for other people to do it, but I don't want people to do it half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be, you have to be committed to it. You have to be wanting to do it once the opportunity arises. Then that's the point where I think it's it's a good idea to do it. If guys come over here and they're just like, oh, you know, I'm going to make a couple million. And, you know, is it like a college guy? Say a college guy, big LSU or Vanderbilt, some some big guy that, you know, might have been a first or second rounder. He comes over here. He's just coming over here to make a couple million and go back. He's not going to do well. It's the same thing as, you know, guys at the back end of their careers, if they're just trying to you know, just get a little bit extra money and they're not, they don't want to try. It's just hard for them to succeed because mm. of how competitive the baseball is and how much guys want to play in the big leagues and how much they want to win over here. So that's the point. If you half-ass it, if you're not a hundred percent into it, you know, you won't succeed. You were teammates in, in 2021 with Nick Martinez. Oh, and favorite guy on earth. I Absolutely. know. Isn't he great? And uh, he, he told me when he first signed with Nippon Ham, his first thing he wanted to do was learn as much about baseball as he could here, especially mm-hmm. things he couldn't learn in America because of the because of the game and also the circumstances. And he's kind of epitomizes a lot of the players who are coming over here now. You know, they come mm-hmm. to they come to learn. It used to be like I come they came here think twenty years ago. I'm gonna come and teach them how I play baseball. <laughs> yeah. Completely changed. Very much so. I think that there is things that Japanese can learn from people that come mm-hmm. over here, but sure. generally speaking, yeah, it's more we want to learn from them. Indeed. Well, I mean, they they do. I mean, the the guys who come over here with that attitude, they do teach. You know, they raise the level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody benefits from that. So I, I think that's been the absolute best. Now, what specific things have you been working on this winter, other than fixing your sleep schedule? <laughs> 
honestly, it's just been a a, a, trend, a steady progress right now. Getting healthy, um, number one, just making sure that everything is is in in order. My body's in a good place. And number two is building a little bit more of a consistent routine going into next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, knowing kind of where I'm at a little bit of a, you know, where I'm at in the rotation and kind of at a different spot than last year. Not, I'm still fight. Obviously everyone, every day you're fighting for a spot, but sure. like I'm more, I'm a guy that's like, I'm supposed to come in there and, and lock down and be a guy who can, who can dominate from, you know, game one. Well, if I'm going to do that, you know, we got 144 games, we got playoffs. I or 142, 143. I'm 0 for, I was 0 for two. I got to go from, from pitch one, from game one, you know, ready gonna and have to be ready for october like i have to be consistent i have to be healthy i gotta you know i want to throw 150 plus innings next year and so building that routine you know building that strength building that you know my muscles uh and building my body to be able to last that long is Mm a you know it's a process and that's what i I walked into my training facility you know day one of this off season i'm like hey this is what i need i need to be ready for a 143 game season be ready to go and be like sharp from pitch one uh, and so that's what I've been doing. And I've been working on, you know, all my stuff. Uh, I've been getting the weight room four to five days a week, throwing five days a week, I'm going on a little mini excursion tomorrow, just first, first and only vacation this year. Mm. Uh, but other than that, I'm just, I'm getting after it, getting right where I need to be. Uh, yeah. First of all, I, you, you know, the, when we first talked, you talked about the splitter you hadn't thrown in the big <laughs> leagues and then, yeah. and then bingo, I think it was the next game you threw one. And yeah. then a couple of games, that thing, that thing looked pretty good. Yeah, it's um, it's still needs a little work, but it's finally confident in it. Um, it's it was just like I was talking to you. I remember what I was saying to you when we were in Cebu. It's just a matter of confidence. Mm-hmm. I, I the pitch is there when I need it. I think I gave up. I think I gave up one or two hits on it this year, like very few. I gave up a, a, a two run home run to. I don't think it was Ishikawa. It was one of the lefties. It was number th- I think three for the Marines. That was the only I I remember Yamaguchi. giving up. No, I can't yeah. think. Uh, it, I gave up. I think he was the first home run he hit in like two years. <laughs> I <laughs> think it was the same guy like... we, we gave up the three run home run to in the playoffs. Oh, it was. Yeah. I don't know, but I know that happens. A lot of these little guys, they're looking on uh, one pitch. They yeah. come in there looking for one pitch and waiting for you to miss it because they yeah. know it's coming. And then I just remember do... that was the only hard hit ball I gave up my splitter all year. But like, that was a good sign, you know, to have that moving forward. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very good um, feeling to have. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to go into next year having that, uh, that confidence in it. I've been throwing it a little bit a month off from throwing off speed, but I've been throwing it again in, in bullpens and just playing catch with it. And it feels good. Yeah. It looked uh, good. I, I liked it. I thought I liked, um, I thought um, just from a kind of a scouting point of view, I was very impressed. I thought, you know, you you showed that you have still have a very quite quite a high ceiling mm-hmm. with the quality of your pitches and yeah, the control yeah. and the uh I guess the the getting used to the, you know, the different mounds in the league. Yeah. And, Cebu like Cebu and Rockton are very different than the rest of the mounds. Which what's what's the thing with say is it still very soft? Yeah, it's soft and low. It's like I was throwing fastballs there, and it just was like, man, these guys, I felt like guys were just right on top of every fastball that I threw, and I was like, what is going on? Mm. Apparently, my my uh, when I was watching after, I wasn't throwing very qual- very high-quality fastballs, but also, in general, that place is just, it's better suited for some reason to off-speed, like mm. a general, like you watch, like, uh, if you watch Takahashi for Cebu, 
he throws like for some reason he throws a lot more off speed when he's pitching in Cebu. Oh, I personally that I'll look for that. Personally, maybe just when he throws against us for some reason, but like when he threw at the Pepe Dome and when mm-hmm. he threw at Cebu Dome, at Pepe Dome it was more fastballs than off speed, but the Cebu Dome was off speed and then fastballs. Okay. So maybe that could be just a wild, you know, coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, well it changes, yeah, it, getting that big hole in the mound. I've seen I've seen guys uh, import pitchers go out and pretty much want to bring a shovel out with them when they went out to the mound yeah. every inning to do the yeah. groundwork. Yeah, it's a, it's been a mess. But it's weird. It's, it's very similar in Rockton, and I love mm. throwing at Rockton. I've thrown really well. I only give up. I've only had one start where I actually had. I've had three starts there now. I think mm-hmm. two maybe. And I've thrown like eleven and two thirds good innings and point one bad innings. I, I yeah. can't. I can't explain it. Okay, now the last the, the last question that I have is, uh, what are your expectations for yourself for the 2024 season? I think that I don't want to set any super high standards, mm-hmm. but I want to go out uh, and I want to throw a full season. I want to throw a full, you know, 144 plus innings, want to make every start that I can um, and just be a consistent top end of the rotation guy, just giving quality innings every day. Bad starts are going to happen, you know, rough days, not always going to have my stuff. But still being able to like go out and compete, even uh, when I have rough days or whenever my stuff isn't higher quality, will be kind of my goal for next year. Because sometimes a few starts I had this year where I didn't really have my stuff, I didn't feel like I competed as well as I, mm-hmm. I should have. Uh, I was like a 50 50 if I didn't have my stuff. Uh, and I want to make that a, a, a better. I want to make it so, like, uh, no matter what day it is, just go out and compete and really and make quality outings because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's going to win us the league. is we have the hitters. I mean, we're going to have the lineup, especially with getting Walker. I mean, we have Gita, we have Kondo. I mean, we have a high quality lineup. It's can we put up, can this rotation put up enough quality starts to, to, to let us win the league? And, you know, with Arihara really coming in hot at the end of the year with Wada throwing well, you know, I think that for me, helping those two guys out and seeing, you know, and seeing what the rest of the rotation can do, you know, Bendo was throwing well, Ozeki's going to, you know, he's always a quality starter, seeing how Higashiyama and Ishikawa bounce back. I know that Moinello is going to be trying to get in the start in the rotation. All right. I heard uh, that. Yeah. He, I know. I mean, if he, if he's a starter, he's going to be a stud. I mean, even more guys, even, you know, I'd say the first and second rounders potentially being, you know, guys that can come in and make a difference. But like, for me, it's just, I'm going to do my job and let's, mm-hmm. and I, and, and I hope the guy next to me does his job too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your impression of the, your new manager, uh, Mr. Kokubo? Uh, I am a big fan of his huh. uh, personally, just from, being around him in the Nigun for two years, both years on and off seeing him. He impressed me highly with a couple of times, just being able to like talk to me directly and uh, getting my opinion on things and opinion on how I'm feeling. Mm. Um, and like talking to me as more as a human and not going through like a kind of a, a personal example is like uh, last year, two years ago, two seasons ago, the mm. my 22 season, uh, my parents were over and they came, saw me throw in Nagoya and Cool son was there and came up after the game. I went to go ride with him back to the bullet train that took a taxi and Kokubo son came off the, the bus and, and introduced himself to my parents, which I thought was like, okay, that's really impressive. Like, I really respect you for that because, you know, that's not his job, but like for mm-hmm. him to care about me as a player and to mm-hmm. see that like, oh, hey, hey, this guy, you know, he's barely seeing his family. Like, let me introduce and show that like, I, you know, and I, I had a decent start or whatever, but I don't think that mattered. But he took the time and initiative to come and talk to me more as a person outside of baseball. That is very important. I feel like, uh, especially as a foreigner to see that, you know, see that personality from your coach and see that personal ability. 
Yeah, he is personable. I, I can attest to that. All right. So we are good. And I just want to wish you, uh, you know, good sleep and good routine and good health. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Carter. That was that was really cool. Yes, yeah, so good to hear his voice. Uh, thank you very much, buddy, for taking the time. And, you know, he, he says he likes talking to us, and I think it, it really shines and it comes through in his voice and his enthusiasm in answering the questions. It's just it's just fun. Yeah, I think it's that, you know, being in uh, Tama, you know, being spending so much time at, you know, around Tomahome Stadium in the, you know, in the wilds of Fukuoka <laughs> Prefecture with without a lot of uh, contact, it will do that to you. Yikes. Yeah, I suppose. But uh, I mean, I would like to think that we're we're fun to talk to and that. Oh, I think so. People, and people enjoy the interview he, time that they but do. But he's, yeah, he's just such a uh, he's such an affable guy and very, very thoughtful, which uh, which is as you know, as. He'll say he said in the interview, uh, you know, these things get thrown at think life gets thrown at you sometimes and you don't really have a choice except to deal with it. True so, that. <laughs> yeah. So more power to you. you so any uh, comments you would like to to make? Uh, first of all, yeah. I, so the noise level at Koshian Stadium made him feel like his brain was shaking, and he's a hippie. And he's a. I, I think that's quote of the year. I don't think anything's going to top that anytime soon. Right? Yeah, my brain was shaking. My so brain was that. shaking. I know. I and, know. And uh, the uh, the hippie comment. I thought. So I'm like, how do you even know what a hippie is? Like my mother invited hippies over to our house, and we sang, and we literally sang Kumbaya. So I know I've been at the edge of the hippie movement and uh how do you even know this you're not you know you're not old enough but that was that, that was i think it's funny. an image it's a it's a probably over image from the media but probably but yeah yeah you know all you know and he uses language that is he uses you know his word selection in many ways is much older than it should be mm. you know he doesn't sound like a like a high school guy who's 24 who's been spending all his time you know he sounds he's he speaks really well agreed somebody who's yeah. uh with his background so uh it, it was just a pleasure and i i think a, a few things really got me i i thought it was interesting and i, and I do have to comment because he he challenged me <laughs> to to find challenged me with a couple of things and one of them i don't have an answer for which is whether Kona takahashi throws more uh fastballs at Pepe dome than he does at Cebu. i don't i haven't figured that one i haven't actually gone to look at that yet but i can confirm his observation about how fast or how slow japanese relievers are because delta graphs publishes time to the plate now or not time average time to the plate uh -huh. uh, starting this uh, past season and actually i guess they always had it they didn't have it on the website because it now goes back a few years and uh, yeah, the Japanese relievers are very slow. And interestingly enough, when Yuki Matsui had his online media availability in December, he, was, he oh, spoke being, slowly. And, and no, he did not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, one of one of our colleagues from Nikon Sports said, "You know, you're going to have a pitch clock." And that was a really good question because the slowest pitcher to the plate in Japan last year was Yuki Matsui. Ooh. Yeah, he's got a lot going on uh, between pitches, too. Um, the thinking, the 
rubbing, the walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> I only mentioned the. the I didn't know. Did, I didn't know. I didn't know you did finish. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that means. But anyway, <laughs> well, you... I thought. Yeah, I didn't know you spoke in complete sentences. Okay. <laughs> wow. Because because I. I yeah, you I, spend so much of your time cutting me middle. off. <laughs> they always seem to end in the middle somehow. Somehow ending in the middle. Not even <laughs> in the middle sometimes, right at the beginning. Um, There's that too. So I'm always impressed with Carter's growth. So he came over as a young guy and we spoke, we got, we were so fortunate we were able to speak to him early on when he came over to Japan. And so when you're that young, I think the growth is faster. You know, you mm-hmm. don't, if you get a guy who's 26, the growth that uh, a 26-year-old experiences for four years until he gets to be 30 is a little slower. But when you get a guy who's a teenager mm. and the growth from, you know, 18, 19 to 24, it, there, it's, it's, it's vast. So I think we've heard a lot of growth from him through the years. And of course, we're, like I said, we we're just so privileged to be able to talk to him each mm. year of his, his uh, experience here in Japan. And so that was number one. And then um, my focus is going to be on the question about adjustment to NPV and the team training. And you said, uh, well, uh, CSJ, he he brought up things that that didn't necessarily have much to do with baseball. And that mm. he said that he saw some of the new imports uh, that this crop of import players that they're getting put through. And, I, and it reminded me of this story about a basketball player who came to the old uh, JBL, the Japan Basketball League, and uh, I never got to talk to this particular player, but I heard uh, from another player that he got there and his this new player in in the JBL. So we're talking in the nineties. Um, his first practice, the coaches had him just running, and he said, "Man, this ain't got nothing to do with basketball," you know. <laughs> and, but he ran and ran and ran, and you know, and then they did a bunch of drills on the court without the basketball. <laughs> and he said, "Man, this got this ain't got nothing to do with basketball." And of course, this continued because this is what they do in Japan. They run mm. you all, they run you ragged, and they do a lot of drills without the ball. And you're doing all this stuff. And he struggled with that alone. Mm. And that just reminded me of how that adjustment that that we don't see. We just think, okay, man, throw baseball, man, hit baseball, man, mm. catch baseball. And there's so much more to it than that. And uh, Japan breaks it down and puts you through these drills. And if you're a foreign player and you're just getting here and you're going through these things that Carter explained in his discussion saying, look, these guys, they just get a bat in their hand and they go out and play baseball. They don't do all this drill stuff. You know, <laughs> these are things that they're not used to. Mm-hmm. And when you do that on top of your baseball practice and then actual baseball things, baseball activities, that's a lot of adjustment. And so it's so enlightening for us to hear that from a, another import player who's seeing it happen before him and understanding that, oh, these guys are going to struggle with this because this is new for them. So, you know, he's like a veteran now. And to see that whole mm-hmm. transformation uh, and to realize it has come to that for him. And, you know, I'm so glad he's he signed this extension and he's going to be back and we're going to be able to talk to him. And, um, you know, one of my phrases, the, the losing is learning thing and the hearing the other thing I wanted to talk about. The other thing was his CSJ's experience in the playoffs and facing Roki Sasaki in that playoff game. And, you know, I don't, I really, 
obviously i don't know what more you would mentally be prepared for than it's going to be a, a tough slog through a playoff game on the road but to hear csj discuss how he you know he tried to be ratcheted up and it was going to be a big time game it was, it was do or die but he just wasn't there and he didn't have his best game and he doesn't want that to be the last post game uh experience he has in japan and all those things you know and now he knows how to get out there and prepare and hopefully he can execute better the next time just to hear all that stuff is obviously you're hearing a young guy say it for the first time but to actually have him verbalize those things and and talk mm. about it i think is kind of therapeutic for him mm. you know because it, it had to have been a tough experience right you you're un you're untested in the playoffs. You're facing one of the best pitchers in Japan. You're on the road. It's a do or die situation, obviously, even if I think it was game one of the series, right? It wasn't. It was the, game one. So you don't, I mean, even if you lose, you're not out, but you're pretty much out because you're down and you're on the road. But it was, uh, you know, obviously when you lose the game, <laughs> you, got, you got problems. But Hearing him verbalize that stuff, I, I really enjoyed the whole that whole aspect. So what about you? What did you like? Well, I think uh, you really nailed it with the idea that he is and uh, his experience is in some ways unique. I mean, he's OK. He's not the first. Uh, he's not the first amateur uh, guy who hadn't played in American organized baseball from the States to to technically turn pro mm -hmm. uh there was a guy Corey paul from the lions he had played in a basically an independent minor league out after college before he signed with the Cebu lions uh, but that was a you know that was different he was you know he was a guy in his mid-20s he'd been playing essentially professional baseball it hadn't been within um the majors or the majors farm system structure but it was still a He'd been in and out of professional baseball for years. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's a guy who's out of high school. And what he what he said made me think about how in Japan, i'm I'm just guessing, but i would I would think that uh, Japanese baseball players, before they turn pro or even uh, before they uh, they finish high school, or by the time they've finished high school, have spent 99.9% .9 of their time in uniform practicing. <laughs> and I'm not joking, because it's um, primarily uh, these guys play tournaments. Mm -hmm. From day one, competition is in knockout tournaments, where if you lose, you're out. And if you're not good enough, you don't play. Right. And then the rest of the time you practice, you practice, tend to practice, you know, might practice five or six. You might, you, on a, if, if you lose the first game, you're going to practice. So that's a, you know, a three, uh, three hours, three to one ratio. And then you've got five or six days where you're not <laughs> playing. And then, of course, some of the guys aren't even playing. Mm-hmm. And you've got guys who are at big baseball schools who may never, ever play. 
in high school because there's 180 guys in the baseball club. Mm. And it's a club. It's a situation where you just sign up and walk in and you you get to, you get to be on the team. Now, whether you play or not depends on your ability. Baseball but... department, technically, yeah. Right, so, yeah, yeah. You know, what do you get to do? You get to wear your uniform and cheer at Koshian. Yep. And from <laughs> the stands. So, and then you get guys who, who basically play and they're not used to that. And they, the Japanese kids have all gone through those similar drills. They They speak the same... They have the same training vocabulary mm. and the guys coming from overseas are not, do not have it. They don't have the, you know, the mentality or the vocabulary and that's hard. And, and I think that's, uh, I, I saw yesterday the Hawks introduced uh, their next 16 year old Dominican player. <laughs> next. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so now they've got, They've they've got five or six. They've got a couple of one Mexican guy and maybe four Dominican kids who are twenty one or younger, who uh, have yet to take part on the, on in the in the Japan's major leagues. But that's going to be really interesting. And but I I don't want to say much more than that. But that was that was to me was really interesting. That idea of uh, how how to raise these guys and how to, you know, now he's here advising the, the young guys what, about what he went through. Right. So that was, that was fun. All right. Well, we always, we love talking to Carter. So sure. thankful for him to take the time in the off season yeah. to, uh, to talk to us. Uh, really appreciate it, buddy. And can't look, can't wait to not, I, like I said, I did get to see him at the game. I don't think he knew I was there. And uh, I think we, I, we talked about it on the show that I had gotten to the park just after all the guys had left the field remember you you were there for that playoff game all right but i didn't make it in time to say hello to him but uh so i don't think that he knows that i was there so hopefully this season when i get to I didn't see, see him, him either so yeah when i get I to there. see him I'll, I'll, I'll let him know that i have seen him throw now <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh although it's really really weird we have separation anxiety at Chiba Zozo Marine Stadium. We are so far from the action. <laughs> the media is it is mm. uh, way up in the. Uh, yeah, the fact... I'm, I'm not hopeful. Uh, I I think the teams like it the way it is, and I don't think it's going to change. It's got nothing to do so. with anything. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the way it is. And so yep. suck on it. <laughs> Thank you for that last one. Uh, <laughs> parting shot. So uh, hopefully we will talk to him soon. Let's uh, make a four-seam transition. And mm. we've got a Rockin' with Roki session, all right? Going sure. <laughs> Rockin' with Roki Sasaki. So first of all, Sasaki in late January signed his deal for the season. And he had a presser. And I'll tell you this. There weren't a lot of happy smiles from what I saw of this press conference. Now, I didn't go. I just saw it on YouTube and what I saw on TV. And it, it wasn't nearly the same, but it, it seemed to have this similar tone of the Yoshio Itoi presser after he reluctantly signed his deal with the fighter some years back. And seemingly the next day he was traded to Oryx. <laughs> um, he didn't smile much. In fact, he was scowling, I believe uh, Itoi was that at that press conference. And Sasaki wasn't that angry and he, and he didn't look happy. 
but he certainly wasn't scowling or anything. But I don't know if he has an angry face, to be honest. Oh, well, he's got a game face, and he yeah. have that. I don't think he had that. But anyway, there are a number of erroneous reports circulating, especially stateside, and that's par for the course. They get a lot of things mm. kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bleacher. Um, lost yeah, in translation, ba- yes. <laughs> baseball trade, MLB trade rumors said his signing his contract eliminates the chance that he will play in MLB in 2024. I went, well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but there was no chance before that. So, yeah, okay. that, it was December, back in December when he passed the deadline, as far as I know, right. that, that he wasn't going to be available for MLB teams in 2024. But hey, um, no one has to actually read all these rules. They just have to copy somebody else's bad report. And that's, I think that's what happened. We had a spark of a fire out there somewhere and it just kind of spread. So anyway, uh, a lot of people were thinking that the young pitcher would jump to the major leagues in time for the upcoming season. And that was really ridiculous. Like we said, it was December that 15th. Was one, there was one report that came out about, it came out about the time uh, at the end of the winter meetings. Mm-hmm. And it said, and what was the timing of that? Because I don't remember when the winter meeting. Well, I ended. think the dead the deadline to be posted was December fifteenth. Fifteenth, okay, yes. And it came out about the tenth or so, or the ninth or something in that area. Okay, and and it said multiple MLB sort. This is Sponichi Annex, and it said multiple MLB sources uh, said they expect Roki Sasaki uh, has asked the. They have heard Roki Sasaki has asked the Marines to post him this off season. Hmm. And they expected him to come. And I would, and uh, I can say that's, I'd heard, I can say that I have heard that he was, MLB teams were expecting him to come after the 2024 season, and it shocked the hell out of me. After the 2024 season? Correct. So after this upcoming season? I heard that in November. Okay. And so So to think that he would be coming in the 2024 season was kind of it was more than shocking right and of course it shocked the hell out of me because he stood to lose a lot of money Mm -hmm. and the marines uh who have to okay the deal would stand to lose uh on the order of 29 to 30 million dollars some change yeah exactly (laughs) so so there were people who said it could not possibly be true you know, it can't be, you know, the people who, oh, I don't know. They're just people. <laughs> there are people who, if they can't, who can't imagine sometimes things happening. And I think part of it is because MLB rules and, and NPV rules are so different. Right. That they can't conceive. In, in, in MLB, if the rules are like that, it doesn't happen because every contract has to be vetted by uh, the union and and uh, MLB in Japan, there is a is essentially a two contract system. You have a a single year players contract for a fixed salary with some other conditions, perhaps for incentives and so on. I think go on that one, and that fluctuates year to year based on expectations and whatever. past performance or, and whatever. Yeah, or though, although the, those figures can be decided in advance by the other contract, what is known in Japanese as a side letter and what is known in English as a supplemental contract. Okay. Now, this is the contract. They're very, very common in Japan. Pretty much every free agent 
And every import player who has an agent, um, if you talk to Carlos Mirabal, you will know it wasn't in his case. But the reason import players move before they become free agents, they move of their own accord, is because when they join their first N NPB team, they always negotiate a clause that says you cannot reserve me after the conclusion of this contract. So they become free agents. And that's those contracts are everywhere. They're, they're, Japanese baseball is awash in them and nobody sees them except the people on the team who negotiate them, people the team's the team, lawyer. Wait, wait. So the people who negotiate these uh, you you called it that the Japanese word that I've been hearing is side letter, but I, I side letter sure. I, I assumed it was a side deal. It is or... a, it is a con. It's it's essentially a contract between the player and the team. Right, right, right. So the people who uh, are uh, who are involved team, in negotiating right. these side deals, Correct. okay, and the team lawyer, the team's lawyer, and the player, and the player. his agent or his whoever is helping him negotiate. Exactly. Okay. Those are. Pretty much the only people who would ever know. So one person said, "We would know if this is a available." I, I'm sure Roki Sasaki would say, "Yes." When I was 18 years old, I negotiated a deal that said I could go to MLB whenever I wanted to. No. And the Marines are not going to come out and say, well, "When he was 18, he forced us to do it, <laughs> or he <laughs> wouldn't sign with us." So nobody's yeah. ever going to say this, but because it's such an outlandish thing that's never been done before. Now, I believe, I don't know. Oh, well, anyway, let's let's skip ahead. But anyway, there there, there was that talk that there was uh, some possible agreement. I do not know there was such an agreement, but I do know that such an agreement is possible. Sure. I was told it is impossible. Anybody who tells you it is impossible and could not exist is. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Gaijin Yaku or Gaijin Baseball is absolutely wrong. It can exist. Mm hmm. Uh, but I will agree that while it can exist and that it would be legally binding, Japanese culture tends to prohibit people from break breaking precedent. It doesn't look favorably on people who break with tradition. Right. Okay. So it is. It's while it's a high. It's completely a hundred percent possible that it could happen. It's it's on the improbable side. But I would say uh, the story's going around, and I'll just repeat what's in the media, and I have heard this from many other places, but I cannot confirm it, are okay. that uh, Dentsu, uh, Japan's largest advertising company and sports marketing uh, company, has uh, signed Roki Sasaki as its client. Okay. And they have been involved in this. Uh, and they have, uh, of course, what that means is they have essentially, they have very little to gain from him being in Japan. Because yeah. while he's in Japan, his licensing and marketing is all done by the Lotte Marines who take 20%. Mm. And they manage it, not wow. yeah. Dentsu. So it is in Dentsu's best interest for him to go to MLB as soon as possible. Sure. Okay. Endorsements, so, baby. We need those. <laughs> he, uh, now, he, yeah. he has apparently quit the, the MLB, uh, the end, uh, the Japan Prof Japanese Professional Baseball Players Association. Apparently, he quit them quit them last year. Oh, okay. 
Uh, what that means, I cannot say. Okay, now, uh, as I said, the, the at the press conference, there were some things that were more or less obviously not true. The team said... <laughs> more or less obvious not true. Yeah, they were obviously not true. Okay, okay. there we go. <laughs> the team told us that every year since day one, Roki Sasaki's contract has been negotiated by his agent. Mm -hmm. This year's contract took a long time to negotiate because it was negotiated through his agent. <laughs> Wadi wadi what what? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so there's that. Next one is Lote blamed erroneous reports on Sasaki demanding to go to MLB this winter on the belief that he had never told the team before that he wanted to go to MLB. <laughs> which, if you really think about it, and you read the stories which said, essentially, uh, he believed he had a right to go to MLB, or he had some leverage to go to MLB, mm -hmm. It it is almost impossible to believe, to, to think, for that person who wrote that story to say he never broached that issue with the team before. So, so the basically sky is not blue, man. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's was, what they're telling it you. was the team's side of the story. Sasaki said my my agent was very meticulous here, um, meticulous this year, going over this point and that point so that everybody was satisfied with the joint, the final outcome. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's my take on this. Is this uh, nobody's satisfied with the final outcome? But the Marines announced the Marines did say there were mistakes made in the process. Now my guess is, my guess, and this is just a guess, is sure. that when Roki Sasaki was 18 years old, he said, "I am definitely going to MLB." more or less when I want to go. And the language in the contract led both sides to believe they had the right to decide when that would be. Mm. Or the team could have some way of keeping him. And there was enough language to make it seem like he might be able to go whenever he wants. So I think this because is Japanese is vague like that. People uh, sometimes uh, you don't even know who's speaking. <laughs> you don't really even know who's supposed to be talking. So. And the contracts tend to be well. I mean, there's a whole language to contracts, yeah. but yeah. but my guess is that this is what the current situation is, where he actually has some leverage in this situation that he could. He might be able to stand up and go when he wants. But we're going to find out. And we're going to find out if, well, uh, my, my guess is we're going to find out in November and definitely by December. Yep. Because if the Marines post Roki Sasaki as a 23-year-old, the answer is they are doing it not, as they say, to reward him. Or not, as they say, to fulfill his dreams. They're saying because he held a gun to their head and they did not have a choice. 
Yeah, because they're not going to get they're not going to reap much in the reward department no. for thirty for million posting. dollars down yeah. the, down the sink. Mm. Yes, gotcha. So, so um, I I don't think it's a hornet's nest. I don't think it's that no. kind of situation. But it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Well, I think it's comfortable now. I think the season's going to progress. I think what happened now is both sides clearing the decks for what's going to happen at the end of the year. I, I, my guess is they know what's going to happen in December. Okay, but whether he, he's going to go or stay. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's a comfortable situation. It's, it's almost it's near lame duck status in that. The team can't push him around and and they can say, you know what, we've been babying you and we've been giving you time off. You're pitching. You know, we're we okay, want now you to maybe throw. he is staying. Maybe they know he's staying next year. Or or something like but if, if we don't know, we I, I guess, you know, now look at it this way. He hasn't pitched, he hasn't made uh all of his starts in any season across the Correct. board. Correct. So uh, and, and last season he had what was it, the the uh oblique situation. Correct. Um so we know they 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 have been taking they've been put they put the kid gloves on him and they have really taken care of him physically but if they think he's going to go I, I for me if he were on my team I'd say well you know what son I I want you pitching more I want you pitching deeper into games and I want you to be an ace you know I, I want you to do what you can do for us before you leave as much as you can well, as much as you can and then if I'm him I, and if you're I, him you're pushing back if I'm him and I'm saying I'm going to MLB next year and you're not going to ruin my arm before I'm going to go, I'm going to say, well, I can just, you know, I can walk away. I do not have to pitch at all. Yes, that's what I you mean can, by you put it's me uncomfortable. on the restricted list and I'll go when I want. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean by it's uncomfortable. So, no, but it's I think uncomfortable I, for... I think no. But on the other hand, it's also Japan. It may be uncomfortable, but my guess is they have. They have solved their problem for this year. They know what's going to happen. I, would, I haven't said this. Yeah, I would love to think that. But like I said, at the presser, there were not a lot of smiles. He wasn't happy. The team didn't seem happy. They might have had those uh, plastic parade style smiles on, but they weren't happy. Yeah, I, my suspicion is that the reason the contract was delayed was because either A, one of the sides, uh, or and, and perhaps as I said earlier, both sides felt they needed to get the other team, to, the other side, to back down. The Marines weren't going to sign a contract with it. They weren't going to sign a contract unless Roki Sasaki agreed to certain things that he didn't have to agree to. So they were essentially locking him out. Or Sasaki wasn't going to sign a contract unless the Marines agreed to do what you know he had the. Uh, leverage to force them to do uh so it's one of those things or something in the middle which i think is more likely is that uh and this is japan so as you say the ambiguity is is the king so whether it's bad or not it might be you know it it, it definitely might be a situation but on the other hand i'm i'm really glad at least we're as i said after the contract and all the the hubbub and and I don't want. I want to see Roki J- Sasaki pitch. I want to see him pitch when I can see him pitch here. Mm-hmm. Not have to watch him on TV. Don't we? I want to yeah, see him. No. I want to see that. I want to see Japanese baseball prosper. Of course, the problem with that is the owners couldn't give a hoot. But uh, I want to see it as good as it can get. And I'm happy that he's staying. But I'm also um, 
a labor person. I believe in workers' rights. And if, if the rules give him that leverage and he takes it, good for him. This is a, certainly a wait and see, but I will be, I mean, I've got my popcorn ready, so this is going to be fun this whole season. Yeah, it will be interesting if if this becomes long and drawn. You know, it might become, if he's going to go, the Marines might hold off and wait till the last second to post him because, to make it look like they were actually thinking about whether they should or not. You know, the saving face is a, they, you know, saving face in Japan is a massive cottage industry. Well, massive cottage industry. It's a, it's a pretty big industry. Saving face and covering your, you know what? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so that's that was that was pretty much the story. And he did sign uh, six days before the start of spring training. So, but he, uh, he, he spent. You know, he he spent the off season working out, and he seems to be uh, in good condition, ready to pitch. and And I hope he does really well. And my, I, I do have a suspicion that, and hopefully, hopefully, this will be everything is ironed out, and both sides know what they're going to do. Because if if it was the case that the Marines have no choice to post him, and they're deter, they were determined to hold it. Now, this is why I think they they he probably won't be posted this year is that if the Marines felt he had an ironclad, well, let's say he could likely force their hand and force him to post him. And they, uh, they would lose nothing by not letting him play. Oh yes. Yeah. True. Until, and you know, and make him the bad guy. I mean, the Marines have thrown away whole season. You know, they threw away the 2009 season in order to save a couple of million dollars, <laughs> you know, and have the last word with Bobby Valentine. Bobby Valentine yes. Yeah. yeah. So this is a team that has zero scruples. <laughs> Although to be fair, the people, the guy, the, 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 the hand behind the zero, zero scruples was Ryuzo Sekimoto who took his uh, clown act to Oryx. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And ruined ago. them and ruined them for about five or six years. Hashtag. Hi, <laughs> messmaker, messmaker. Um, well, in the meantime, uh, Saki did throw uh, his first bullpen of mm-hmm. the spring on Friday. And as the norm, uh, the media members count the number of pitches he threw <laughs> and they do a breakdown. So let's do it. He threw 37 pitches. 23 of them were fastballs. He threw seven fork balls and seven sliders. That's Oh, I was looking for that breakdown. I was surprised nobody did it. Because oh yeah, it was out it's there. Camp. It was it's out camp. there. This is camp, baby. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and, and guy, I'm surprised they didn't count the warm-up pitches with the catcher standing, with standing and, and squatting, and and with an umpire or without. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we've got variety here in our. <laughs> I know. Boring I was camp talking. Reports. <laughs> yeah, you you can't you can't. I'm surprised they don't count how many swings they take in toss batting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex, speaking of news yesterday, Alex Dickerson hit his first home run in Japan. Oh, yes. Wait, dude. wait, hold a second. He didn't play, did he? No. Oh, <laughs> he was taking BP. His first home run in BP. Yes, oh. the, the, the countless firsts home runs that come across. But anyway, First of let's many firsts. Yeah, let's make a seamless transition then and talk about camps. Now, anything that has caught your eye from 
camp starting on February 1st when it's way too cold up here in Tokyo and I'm sitting here with a blanket on and <laughs> it was 28 degrees in uh I forgot I think it was the fighters uh I can't remember if it was the fighters or, or in Nago but uh 28 degrees Celsius nice, the other nice. on day one and I'm like you gotta be kidding me man can I go down there <laughs> I think yeah I'm, I'm getting the I'm getting an itch <laughs> and uh no, uh, I guess the thing that got me was uh, about camp opening was uh, the, you know, I blog readers will have heard this, but uh, Shinosuke Abe, who's, he's developed a following among the old guys in Japanese baseball, the old hard line, old school guys, you know, high socks, you know, the Tatsunami kind of fan club. Yeah. Uh, as being no nonsense, we're going to do hard physical training and none of this fancy schmancy stuff. Well, he he said, you know, they said, how'd the first day go? Says, they did 120 percent. 120. <laughs> He's adding 10 onto the 110 percent. That's impossible. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, this is the teacher I wanted. Oh, just wear him out and wear him out in spring training. Then, and then All he right. said, and just to prove that he isn't an easy grader, uh, they asked about his uh, the Giants' first uh, high uh, first round draft choice out of Hanamaki Higashi High School, and he says, "Well, I, I expect him to develop the way Shohei Otani did." No pressure, though. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Only the greatest. The greatest thing since sliced bread, but you know, if you could be, you know, um, individually wrapped crackers, we'll accept you. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, there was there's a few things here and there, and uh, but not nothing nothing too too outstanding, I guess. Uh, yeah, the, you know, for me, I've been watching. Like I said, I try to watch a couple of news broadcasts and look on, on YouTube as much as I can, and it just doesn't seem to be that that golden darling rookie out there that all the media members can flock to yet. Uh, so a lot of attention has been placed and undeservingly on show Nakata of the Dragons. And yes, I do vomit a little bit in my mouth every time I see him in that uniform. <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, and then there was a picture I was want I was looking at Sports Navi, the Yahoo site and, mm -hmm. and the app, and there was a picture and it just made me want to run straight to the bathroom and hug the toilet. It was the picture that had Nakata and then Tatsunami, the manager, and then Kazuhiro Kiyohara, who was there in a suit to watch practice. Now, mm. talk about three bad boys of baseball. <laughs> One is just a bad boy. One is just bad. <laughs> and the other is really, he's not a boy anymore. <laughs> he's, bad. he's a bad man. It was just, ah, this picture. And I'm like, this is the team that I came to Japan and started rooting for. What has the world, what has well, my baseball world come to? Yeah, well, Tatsunami's <laughs> got pretty much, if you played for PL Gakuen, you can come and coach for the Dragons. Yeah, I mean, I, I immediately, I'm like, what, Kazuhiro Kiyohara, why is he there? And what would he, oh, he's a PL guy. He's the same yep. high school. And then, then apparently, uh, who was it? Tatsunami was behind him. Yes, he would have been about uh, two or three years. Two behind years him. behind him, right? So, uh, but I'm thinking, ugh, you know, ugh, I mean, what are we doing here? So, yeah, that that is 
how well, my baseball well, that's world another is part of that is Kiyohara rehabilitating himself after his drug arrest. So, yeah, but yeah, right. <laughs> and he, apparently he's been, you know, he's going to be the darling. He's going to be back on the Hall of Fame ballot in a couple of years, I think. Mm. But, but yeah, but no, Shonakata, yeah. That's just a bad image to have those three guys representing your team here in the on day one talk, of spring. Have you ever training. talked to Shonakata? Nakata mm, once. Okay. What was your Briefly. impression? Well, it was his rookie season and he was uh, oh. in the minor leagues and he was a punk kid. <laughs> okay. That was my I impression. I talked to him at the Japan, after a Japan national team game in 2016 and he pushed the charming button. Mm. And he was very pleasant and I thought, wow, I was going to say, I thought this guy was a punk. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was thinking, but he was, he was, uh, yeah, he was charming. So he certainly got that, like most Japanese baseball players get trained in, in etiquette, you know, they get trained in etiquette because they don't like getting hit and hit with baseball bats a lot because you either learn to be nice or you get hit with baseball bats. So they've all got that. They've got the, a little bit like, uh, what was the guy from back to the future buzz? No. Buzz was uh, Biff. Biff, right. They're all like Biff. They've all got a, like, they can all have a, a couple of nice words, but underneath they're still jerks. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Charm mode See, he for might about be. 10 he minutes. That, yeah. But I, but I guess it is always a warning um, that you, how, how, how players treat the media is not how, is, is not the same as how they are in real life. Well, my, I suspect that Nakata will be. Uh, the darling for a little while because there's really not that much out there. And then uh, the, you know, the games will start and he won't hit very much and then he'll be pushed to the back. Um, the other thing that ha got my attention, I would say is the fact that Tsuyoshi Shinjo, the fighters manager, who's still growing, let's put it that way. <laughs> he's still developing as a manager, as oh. a man in charge, still wearing a mask. Now I, I don't know. Again, someone joked at the office last year that he had a one of his cosmetic surgeries went bad and he's he's hiding the bad. <laughs> they still leftover remnants of maybe two or three surgeries to repair the the bad the surgery gone wrong, whatever is happening. But I don't think that's true because we did see him without a mask at I think at the end of the season last year. But I'm looking around at his team and I don't see a lot of talent. And that makes me think that he's going to go off the deep end again this season. And just kind of be kind of goofy to distract the fact that they don't have a, a you know, a, a elite ace level pitcher or because they've lost um, now Yuki Uasawa to the to the major leagues. Perhaps <laughs> we know he's stateside and he might he had a minor league deal. Right. So I don't got know a split contract. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just not seeing a lot, so he might be more of a distraction again this season. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to keep my eye on that because uh, I, I, I kind of worry about the fighters. Hmm. Well, if, if Shinjo's the manager, you kind of worry. I mean, but there's still going to be some excitement. I, I know Kotaro Kiyomiya was was uh, moving, taking big strides last year, and once he gets over the ankle he hurt the day before camp started. <laughs> Uh, he, you know, he'll be back before the season starts, and and Chusei Manami is perhaps the most exciting young player in Japanese baseball. He's not that young, but he's yeah, he's still exciting and still young. 
So yeah, it's going to be fun. There's going to be some uh, excitement on that team, and I'm I'm looking forward. I I can say that pretty much about most every team, and I guess that's the, that's the charm of camp is that uh, it's an open book mm-hmm. uh, that you never know who's gonna who's gonna rise to the top, who's gonna catch somebody's eye. Although you also know that some guy is gonna. Uh, do poorly in camp and then tear up the minor leagues and say, well, we don't need him because he, if he was really good, he would have done well in camp. <laughs> Especially if he plays for DNA or the Chinichi Dragons. Yeah, I was going to say. Who are the, two, the two holdouts on minor <laughs> league numbers don't mean anything. Well, uh, poor Dragons. I, I we, we saw a lot of bad offense last year, and I don't think anything is going to change this year. So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't see like last year where, you know, there were... Uh, there were reasons for hope. Well, there was. Of course, I was hopeful when they got one of my favorite minor leaguers, Seiya uh, Hosokawa. And I was I was I was over the moon for that. I didn't see anybody like that in the second this last year's second chance draft. Um, yeah, well, they exa- pretty much exhausted that pool. Yeah, well, um, no, I just I you know if he even if he hits he hit well for them last year they didn't have much offense but um, yeah uh, don't see anything good so far we'll we'll see but i i I expect more of the same to be continued (laughs) Mm. (laughs) to be continued and we will yep and we will continue i think i guess we'll be back in a couple of weeks no Mm. no we uh, should have something to go we we i should have at least something to go so uh in the meantime we would like your questions and talking points um things you would like to to ask about obviously mpb uh, Jim can only talk about so much uh, with the Roki Sasaki contract, but if you hit the right question, we can get him on a roll here. So uh, submit your questions. Do it on Twitter.com. We are at JBW Podcast with the hashtag High Heat. Send questions by email to Y-A-K-Y-U-J-O-H-N at gmail.com or hit us up on the Facebook page. Leave us a comment there. And like I said, a comment, question, uh, criticism, suggestion all those things we accept those things look for us on itunes and still google podcasts is um not not ended (laughs) for some reason they said it was going to end and then they didn't maybe they got a lot of letters and people said no and so they've kept it so i I don't know i just yeah somehow i don't don't see all these google users sending letters um email letters okay email letters email letters letters. what's a stamp What's this, mommy? What's a stamp? Yeah, okay. I don't know. Go ask your father. Uh, <laughs> Next to we, the telephone with a dial on it. <laughs> a rotary dialer. All right. With that image, we will talk to you next time. Enjoy your baseball. And see you at those spring training camps, even if you're watching on TV. Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JBallAllen. And feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag HiHeat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.